morning, everyone. My name is Elaine. Um, really honored to be here to be sharing some message. Um, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for just another day to uh, soak in your presence, to know your beauty, to know who we are in you, and to um, just learn about you even more. Um, Lord, you're so big, and we are just coming to your court and not, and just coming to you and just ask, Lord, would you open up our, our heart and give us a discerning heart and really to receive what you want to say to us this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's read from Joshua 5, 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. So today uh, I want to share about Gilgal. So when I read about, finally I'm like into Joshua today. Hello. Um, I've been going through the first five books um, in the Old Testament and you know, it's been oh, depressed, all of that. Deuteronomy, Levi, uh, Leviticus, and then now I'm in Joshua, yes. So I'm like having a lot of anticipation because I know that Joshua is when they enter into the promised land. And when I read through it, uh, God really drew my attention to this place, Gilgal. Um, so <clears throat> Gilgal is the first camp um, that after Israelite crossed to jo the Jordan River to into the Promised Land, it's their first camp. It's called Gilgal. So um, I want to just go through some backdrop story first. Um, so when Israelite crossed the Jordan River, at this point they already finished that 40 years in the desert. Um, and I think the Jordan River crossing is one of the most underrated miracle. Because like, people might be thinking, like, oh, it's just a small river, just like, just cross it. But actually, if, if we study the geography of that place, it's a massive miracle. It's not smaller than the Red Sea parting. So if you can show the, the map, yeah, we have map, yay. <laughs> so this is a map. Um, so the scripture said that before they crossed Jordan River, they were in Shittim. Yeah, so there was the desert, and then they were like wandering there. So they came there before they crossed over, and God said, consecrate yourself today because the Lord is going to do something great among you this morning. So they did all this, you know, consecrations and stuff, and then when they crossed over, it says that God said, the priest should take my ark. Remember this ark of covenant? And there's a, that 10 commandment, the tablet sets inside. And then the priest should carry my ark. My presence will go before you. Once the priest stepped to the edge of the river, the scripture recorded that the water at that stage in Jordan River is in flood stage. So you can imagine it's, like it's a lot of water. And it says that the water cut off right there where they stepped, around that area, I think. And then the water got pushed back all the way to the town of Adam, which is around 20 miles from where they stepped. And 
of course, the scholars and all of them, they said that the water at that time formed this huge reservoir from that spot to Adam. And the width of it is like eight miles and with the height of 20 miles. So it got pushed back all the way to Adam and then the rest got cut off. So the land dried up and then they can cross over. So it's actually like a huge, massive um, miracle that they did. So after they all crossed over, and last time when I talked about the, what was that? The, 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 the miracle of uh, the provision of water, at this point they are around like three million people, right? So when they cross over, it's like, it's, it will take a long time for them to actually cross over. Um, and God just hold that water right there. Yeah, so you have to understand like this group of people, they have never seen miracle all their lives. This is a new generation that had been wandering in the desert. They heard about the promised land and all their lives, the grandparents, their parents have been telling them, hey, this is why we're here in this desert. We're going to the promised land. And Lord, the Lord said, this is a land flowing with milk and honey, right? So when they saw this, it's their first time of seeing miracle. These are not the generation that has seen the Red Sea party. So the Lord is faithful. He is using a similar kind of miracle to bring the new generation into the promised land. Okay? Um, so after they, they left, um, crossed over, they went to this place, Gilgal, which is just like two miles away from Jericho. Everyone knows about the story of Jericho, right? Jericho is the town that they went around for seven times and then it fell, right? Yeah, so, um, so what happened at Gilgal? Actually, they camped there for quite some time. Um, what happened in Gilgal was, um, it's the first, next slide. <laughs> it's the first camp um, that Joshua and the children of Israel camped after the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. So um, on the 10th day, good morning. On the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho in Joshua 4, 19. So remember, it's the first place. It's a new beginning. They came with a lot of anticipation. Yeah, this is promised land. Flow, your land flow with milk and honey. What my grandparents, my parents were telling me about, right? And then second thing, after, right after they crossed Jordan River, God said, bring 12 stones in the river. These are not small, like this kind of stone. It's huge because they are supposed to use that to build an altar right after they cross. 12 stones represent 12 tribes of the Israelites, right? So, um, God said, you need to, um, yeah, the handpicked leaders from each 12 tribes for, of Israel to set up a Gilgal, 12 large stones, taken from the middle of the river as a sign and remembrance of that miraculous crossing. So this is the second thing that happened in Gilgal. The moving, carrying of two, 12 large stones and to remember God's faithfulness. The third thing that happened 
Is that right? After that, God asked them to be circumcised in Gilgal. So um, this is a new generation. They have not been circumcised when they wander in the desert for 40 years. So in Joshua 5, 2 to 9, it says that Gilgal, all the Israelite men who had grown up during the 40 years of wandering in the desert were circumcised, and it was a renewal of the covenant with the Lord because this group has not been in that covenant with God, right? The fourth thing that happened is that right after the circumcision, it says that 14 days after the circumcision, they had their first Passover festival in Gilgal. And right after that, for the first time, there was no manna. So it's a new provision. The manna stopped raining from heaven, the sky, and then they started to eat some roasted grain, the produce from Canaan, which is huge if you think about it. The next thing is that Gilgal is the base of the military operation. So it was recorded in Joshua 5 or 6 or 7, 8. They had several wars that's going on after the Jericho. There's the city of Ai, there's uh, Gibbonites, the Amorites. Uh, so Joshua actually used Gilgal as the base camp for their military operation. They keep coming back here after they went out to conquer the cities around. So <clears throat> to be honest, when I first read about Gilgal and when God drew my attention to it, I was like, Gilgal is a huge disappointment because we're looking at a new generation who has been anticipating going into promised land. And then you brought me to where? This place? First of all, it's still a camp. It's not a permanent place. It's temporary. You mean I'm coming into the promised land, I'm still living in a tent. I thought we will have cities, you know, we'll have like um, food that's ready for us and all of that but they, they didn't have that. They were still camping. <clears throat> and then um, they were laboring. There's like effort. I need to move like 12 large stones. Once I get into the promise and yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge miracle, but wow. I need to labor, right? And then after that, circumcision gets better pain and suffering? Are you kidding me? Right? Being cut and hurt physically and cannot move for 14 days. And the four things that we talk about is the new provision of food. Um, okay, that's better. At least I don't have to eat manna anymore. I've been eating manna for 40 years, but now I have new things to eat. I have new grains and all that. But it might be very different from the produce that they had in Egypt. They need to figure out the way to get it. They need to figure out how to cook that. So everything is new. They have to figure out new things, right? <clears throat> and the fifth one is the best, I think. Battles and wars. Why can't God just conquer the land for us since it's called promised land? Why do I have to go for wars and stuff? So 
as I put myself into the shoes of the, you know, the Israelites at that time, I was like, then they must be like, what, what is happening? You know, this is promised them, but what is happening to, to this? Um, and I think we can learn a lot from, from just, you know, what Gilgal actually means and the, the spiritual significance of Gilgal. Um, and, you know, how many of us has prayed and, you know, maybe all your life you're like, my goal is to get married. My goal is to, like for me, for the longest time, the past two, three years, my goal is to get healed. You know, and I'm like, I, I want to like, just do all this. I want to get healed. And then God answered that I am getting healed. It's a progressive healing. And I was like, yes, promise then. Oh, but it didn't actually look like what I anticipated. How many of us pray and then God gave us a new job and then you're like, why is this new job like this? There's so much pushback, resistance, you know, all of that. So if this resonates with you today, maybe you're in Gilgal. Gilgal is not supposed to be a permanent place. It's a temporary place. You know, so when I was reading all of that, God was like, stop, 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 read slowly, go through that again. And <clears throat> in Gilgal, it's where God really prepared them because they're not ready mentally to inherit the promised land. They still need some training, some preparation. And what's the first thing that God reminded them to do? to remember, to move that large stones. Why do they have to labor? Because our body has memory, scientifically proven, right? When your body was used to a gym work for some time, it got used to it. Then you have to level it up. Right, Ken? <laughs> yes. So the first thing that God was doing <clears throat> is to ask them to remember. Remember God's faithfulness remember his goodness and i think that's what we can do also you know when you're in a situation and you're thinking like oh this is new this is all very foreign and it doesn't look like what i anticipate remember god's goodness in your life it's so easy to forget he knows that we're very forgetful so that's the first thing he said and then the second thing to circumcise why do they have to do that it's painful, it's suffering, God knows that. But he's the only God, you know, in all history to actually suffer with his people. He knows about suffering. And then why did he do um, circumcision with them? It's to mark them. They've been chosen, set apart. And later on in New Testament, of course, it was talking about these will be carved on their hearts and not their body, right? This covenant will be carved on our hearts. And in your circumcision, uh, circumcision, sorry, circumstances, in your circumstances right now, um, renew your covenant with God. Take the time, you know, if you are in this really uncomfortable place, renew your covenant. What is God telling you before? And what is the new thing that he wants to bring into your covenant? Um... The third thing is we can learn from how God was giving them a new provision. We're not 
Sometimes God provides in a new way and we can't recognize it. We, we thought that it's like, why is it like this? You know, it, it's, it, it's like this roasted grain, this fruits that they have never seen in the desert, never seen in Egypt. But God provides a new way. And um, I think it's, it's really worth noted that actually that 14 days when they were healing in their camp after the circumcision, um, God still rained manna. While you're healing, God still gives you something that is familiar. You can look for the traits, you know. God always has that grace of like, I know that you are used to this and I'm going to give you this before I give you a new thing. But then right after 14 days after they heal, God gave them, the, the manna stopped, and then God gave them the new produce. I thought that was really, really gentle of God, actually. Really thoughtful, you know, really like, oh, I know what you need. And then he just like provides. So look for a new provision. The provision that God is giving you might not look like what you had from before, but he's still providing and look for that. The fourth thing that we can learn from this is that <clears throat> Gilgal is the base of military operation. And whenever they have um, the operation of like um, going out for wars and stuff, they always come back to Gilgal, right? And it's, uh, it's representing like this basic truth that you have learned from the desert experience. You always come back to that. You never let go of that. And it's like a reminder, like, what has God been telling you and teaching you from the past season? Have you gone back to revise on that? Have you gone back and re remind yourself on that? And another thing is that um, if God has just conquered every city, everything for them, then the Israelites actually will never have the ownership. They never have the ownership of the land. They will always feel like, just like how they are in Egypt, they're just a guest, they're just a foreigner. But because they go with God and they um, learn to hear his voice and how he go to the wall, the scripture recorded that the, the um, people in the cities around, they were afraid, they were melted with fear because they know Israelites, they have the Lord Almighty. So, Sometimes when you're like, okay, God answered my prayer, but then it looks like war. It looks like battle. It looks like a lot of strivings and stuff. Maybe you're in Gilgal. Maybe God is saying like, hey, come back to the truth that I have taught you before when you were in the desert. Remind yourself and don't be afraid of all the battles because it, it will teach you how to have ownership. It will teach you more about me, and it will teach you how to really have that freedom. You're not a slave anymore. You are the owner of this land. So I hope this message really speaks to you. Let's um, have a time of worship. Let's meditate on, um, yeah, what does your Gilgal look like now? God telling you um, to maybe meditate on some new provision and remember he's always there right he always he always provides what are some basic truth that he wants you to come back to what are some 
key scriptures that he has spoken to you in this past season and he wanted you to go and visit today, be reminded today. And let's come together and just really, you know, remember God's faithfulness in our lives. Remember all the miracles that he had done in your life, small or big, all of them matters. All of them build up who we are today. And lastly, let's renew the confidence that you have with God. Let's respond to the song. <clears throat>